What's up, nerd geeks and gamers alike? It's your boy, Nerdy Nick, back with best friend Josh. What's up, guys? We are here for another episode of the N Squared Podcast. So, we want to say thank you for listening. And as you've seen by the title, this is a all elite wrestling podcast today. And today only, we will be covering only pro wrestling. So if this isn't your bag, you might want to tune out or learn a little bit about what's going on in the world of pro wrestling in regards to AEW. But before we get all to that, what's up? Not much, man. <laughs> Cut you right when you're going to sip the beer. Okay, no. <laughs> what's up with you? Oh, man. So we are coming to you guys recording on... Uh, What's today's date? The 6th? Yeah, the 6th. We are coming to you from September 6th, 2022. It's been a long Labor Day weekend. Today was our, you know, obligatory day back in adult world. It sucked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not fun. You know, but it is what it is. Um, what, what, what was your weekend like? I can spend it with you most of the time, fucker. So you know how my weekend was. <laughs> it was pretty well, fun. What about your uh, Saturday? Oh, I fucking just played Borderlands 2 all day pretty much with Jesse. Yeah? Yeah. Fucking almost there to the level cap, man. Yeah, did you uh, burn out the babies? Oh, we did that like three times. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Turns out it wasn't a side quest. It was one of, a part of the main mission where she says that. Oh, really? Where she blows up a train. Jeez. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, obviously, Sunday, we watched um, AEW All Out. Mm-hmm. And then you came over yesterday to uh, partake in some pool festivities and grill and had some steaks. And then we talked a lot about AEW and about what happened. Yeah, which we'll get to, obviously, clearly. Because mm-hmm. uh, we're probably the last to the party, but with our special taste. <laughs> um, my weekend was a little different because on my Saturday, uh, Brittany and I picked up Evelyn because it wasn't our week yet. And oh. we, yeah, we got a bonus day. Nice. Yeah, because the trade-offs are on Mondays. So, we picked up Evelyn, and we went to Tucson Comic Con. If you follow me on social media, you'll see, you've already seen my cosplay that I decided to do the morning of. <laughs> yeah. So Evelyn went um, as a UA student from My Hero Academia anime we watch as a family. Um, her she has a, a wig like a large green wig where she can be a, a froppy. Um, Sue. What's her last name? It's like right. Sue Sue or something like that. I just know her as Froppy. I always yeah. forget the actual names. Oh, we actually saw like a legit Froppy. Oh, nice. Yeah, like he wrote out. It was really cool to see. Nice. Um, and so since Evelyn's wig was like too tangled to really brush out, because it's like a three foot long wig, you know, um, she just went with her normal hair and said, I'll be, um, was it Ochaka? Gravity, yeah, you know, like cool, 
you know, Brittany went as Brittany. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she was a chaperone. Yeah. Well, she was actually wearing her um, Uravity uh, t-shirt that she got at Game On. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then I went as <laughs> All Might. Yeah. <laughs> um, I decided to, because I had the wig, I was just, I wanted to make it perfect. But that morning I was like, it doesn't feel right going and not cosplaying. And yeah. obviously, I don't have my mustache grown right now, so I wasn't gonna go as Mario like I normally do. Ooh. I have the the bodysuit, you know, the the fucking morph suit, whatever they're called for All Might. So I put that on, and I uh, put some wire inside of the wig, and styled it, and everything, and ended up working out all right. You know, uh, I I'm saying this wig is is like my uh, Mark One. You know, it's, it's something you threw together a day. Of. Yeah, but it worked really well for like a small time event because like Tucson Comic Con, it is three days, but it's, it's very small. Event. It's Tucson, you yeah. know, it does take up like a large portion of the convention center here. But it's not like the convention center is that big. Yeah, it's not like Phoenix Comic Con mm-hmm. or or I'm sorry, Fan Fusion. Um, that's what they have to call it now legally. Why? Because Comic-Con sued them. Yeah. And Phoenix Comic-Con back in the day was like the third largest. It was San Diego Comic-Con, New York, and then Phoenix. But for some reason or another, maybe San Diego was kind of like, ooh, Phoenix is growing too fast and we don't want Comic-Con, when you think about it, to be thought about as a Phoenix one. Yeah. You know, whatever. So, whatever. Um yeah, it was great. I think I took about as many pictures or more as All Might than I do as like Mario. Oh, jeez. It's yeah, and that's nuts because it's like take a few steps, stop, take a picture, take a few steps, someone asks for another picture, you know. And it was really cool though, dude, because I was really like self conscious about like you know I was like, is the wig? How's the wig look? Is it you know? Are the you know hair things falling down? Are they good? Whatever. Um, and then too, I was just like, I don't know. Do I look all right in this morph suit? You know, Dude, like just remember, there's so many people that go <clears throat> in cosplay mm-hmm. that have absolutely shitty cosplays. Yeah, and they don't give a shit. They're just having fun. You're not a professional cosplayer. If you want to in the future, right? You can fucking pull it off. Yeah, but you're not a professional cosplayer. Yeah, so. You look better than most already. Right. I don't know. I guess it's just like the perfectionist in me. Yeah. You know? But, um, dude, it was just so fun. Like, between all the little like, I can't tell you how many little kids were like, oh, it's all mine! You know? <laughs> or like, grown-ass adults. Um, there was a, a guy who's cosplaying as Deku. And he was like a real skinny dude, but had to be like 6'5". And he saw me and went, oh, my! And then he bowed. <laughs> you know, and I was just like, ha, cool. You know, um, I took some really cool pictures um, with this one chick who was cosplaying as Himiko Toga. Right? Is that how you say her name? I know it's Toga, but I, I, don't I think her first name is Himiko. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and her cosplay was like awesome. It's really good. And it was the picture I sent you, actually. Yeah. And it worked out really well because she was like this little you know, eight petite Asian girl, 
you know, and she pulled off her cosplay really well. And when she came up to me, I was like at, at this booth looking around and she got all like, ooh, woo, I guess is how, you know, the, the dweebs say it. And she was like, oh my God, oh my, you know, like, can I take a picture with you? Well, there's ooh, woo and there's fangirling. You do not want to hear ooh, woo. Okay. Oh God. Okay. You got to look it up later. It's okay. It's fucking horrendous. So she was fangirling. Then, there you go. And she was like asking for a picture big time. And I was like, damn, dude, I should be doing that to you because your cosplay is fucking awesome. You know? I'm like, here I am. I just, I'm wearing a wig and a morph suit. You know? And she's like, you know, you could tell, like, she put a lot of work into the whole thing. Um, but it worked out really well, like I said, because she was so small. And I was so big, you know, well, that it just looked right. I mean, you, you fit the fucking cosplay pretty damn well because you're a muscular motherfucker. So you didn't even need the, like, you know how your morph suit has, like, the drawn-in muscles? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you didn't even need that. Yeah, it just added extra physique yeah. to it. That's all it did. It's funny because um, there were a few people that were like, you're not wearing a muscle suit, huh? And I was like, no, nah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? See, because it, it, it works so much better when you actually have the muscle for it. Yeah, yeah. Because muscle suits look all, like, scraggly and shit. Yeah, or they're, like, too boxy or something, yeah. you know? Um, but that was really fun. I picked up, like, 30-ish comic books, um, a bunch of um, old-school trading cards for, like, movies, horror movies. Um, I think I got some... What were they... Oh, it was a, I got like six or seven packs of Pokemon cards, and then I got oh the duh, the the My Hero Academia trading card game. Oh yeah, yeah. The, I got the box that has a Deku deck and a um, Kachan deck, so you can like learn how to play with somebody, you know, and then customize your deck from there on. Um, gosh. Oh, and then I got like two two T-shirts. I got one Endeavor shirt that was really cool. And then a Johnny Bravo karate t-shirt. It says Miyagi-Do karate. Dude, one of my favorite fucking... Like, that, I have to get one one day. Mm-hmm. That shirt's fucking badass. Yeah, it was cool, Great. man. <laughs> yeah, my mom, she... Uh, I don't know why, but it stuck with me for a long time. Even after, like, after my mom. Like, people would always say, You know who you remind me of? Johnny Bravo. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, I don't know how to take that. Because <laughs> he's like... He, he would get canceled nowadays, you know what I mean? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, gosh. Yeah, and then All Out happened on Sunday. That was a good time. We had a grilled, you know, bunch of meats, made nachos out of them. Yeah. And stuff, and uh, gosh. Yeah, just. Sorry, you, you were talking about, uh, you know, I call him Bakugo. Uh-huh. I don't like that kachan name. Oh. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. And, like. I can't wait until they release the part where he comes up with his hero name. Fucking greatest hero name you'll ever hear. It's not the King Murder. Oh, damn. They, they said that already? Yeah, that, that happened a long time ago really? in the show. Yeah. King Murder Explosion or something like that. Oh, let me look. Uh, Great Explosion Murder God Dynamite. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Midnight told them that he couldn't use that. Oh, no, they use it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so that that ends up being like his straight up name. Because he won't. He does not budge with it. Jeez. So yeah. Um, oh, also picked up some Halloween cereals. 
because that's oh, yeah. you know that's like one of my sticks. So Brittany, um, she she, I was gonna say purchased and then bought at the same time. She yeah. purchased uh, Fruity Pebbles Halloween edition, and then I saw when we were at Target on Monday, they brought back like the old school, you know, ones that they do over your Count Chocula, Frankenberry, Booberry. Mm-hmm. But this year they brought out Fruit Brute, which is the werewolf one. And that one hasn't really been in the constant circulation of things. So I was like, as soon as I saw it, I wanted to get all of them. But Brittany's like, one. You get one. <laughs> and I was like, what? And she goes, where are you going to put them all? They're all family size. You know, which they're like yeah. big old boxes. Well, then again, like dudes our size, that's fucking, that's enough for one person. Yeah, like right. <laughs> I could eat like fucking two family size cereal boxes a week if I wanted to. Yeah. So Evelyn had it this morning, and she she's a fan. She liked it. Um, so yeah. Oh, picked up some more uh, MetaZoo uh, cards, which were really pretty, like really cool. Yeah, yeah. They were, um, I guess, smoke. They're, they they came in like a blister pack. So you got three booster packs inside it, and then you got a Smokey the Bear card and a um, coin for Smokey the Bear. Mm-hmm. And it's cool because MetaZoo's actually partnered with like preservation. Uh, programs and whatnot so even though you have that card like it, it doesn't do anything i don't think of the games i don't think there's any gameplay value to it from what i saw but it's one of those collectible cards so yeah kind of like in Yu-Gi-Oh! pokemon where it'll say you know can't be using a door or something but right. it's still a collector's card yeah and it was cool too because um it, it came individually wrapped uh-huh. you know so like maybe i just hold on to it and save it and maybe it's like a rare way later on or whatever yeah but i thought it was cool that the target carried metazoo i was like oh sweet national retailer this thing's picking up you know some steam because it was really like a kickstarter thing for a long time oh wow yeah um oh yeah so and then oh one 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 thing that was really cool at comic-con i I skipped over there was a, a group of cosplayers walking around they were like older people but uh, they were cosplaying as uh, one of them was Hagrid from huh. Harry Potter, and he had like giant boots on, you know, like like kind of like buckets on top of uh, under boots. Oh, so he can like make himself super tall. Yeah, yeah. And then um, there was that one lady from like the the district of magic or something. She was like the bad teacher. Oh, who... the lady all in pink. Yes. God. Yeah, I hate. Oh my God. God. I'm see, still mad. She didn't get what was coming to her. Dude. Okay. So this is what I have to say about her. Oh, if you want to finish first before I have to say that, but no, no, no go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I gotta say, she has to be by far one of my favorite actresses, though. Mm-hmm. Dude, she fucking nailed it with making you hate her. Oh with yeah. The passion. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, dude! Like just the mention of her just brings up like this like small rage in me, right? And I can't get rid of it. You know, you just can't get rid of it because just that's how well that's how good of a job she did. Yeah, like fucking phenomenal acting. I'll yeah. tell you that. Yeah, yeah. I almost I had a really hard time separating the art from the artist. Uh huh. You know, watching it. Yeah. Um, and then there was the other cosplayer was the. Um, I think the broom broom riding instructor from the first movie. I thought you were going to stop at the broom. I was like, oh. there's a famous broom here? Yeah, no. Um, and right before that, Evelyn had gotten a uh, Hermione replica wand. And it's like heavy duty. Like, I like that, like the thick actual wood type thing. I don't think it's wood. I think it might be like metal. I don't know. It's got some weight to it. Like you don't want it 
thrown at you on accident, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, of course, Evelyn chased them down, took a picture with them holding her wand. And uh, one of the cosplayers says, oh, whose wand is that? And the one who's dressed up as like the the bad teacher or whatever goes, oh, that's Hermione's. Like, like that. Jeez. And I was like, damn, I thought I was a fucking dweeb. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was like, I was like, wow, oh, impressive. Yeah, no, that is impressive. Sure Jesus. shit was Hermione's one, you know, like crazy. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of what else. I think that's really it. Oh, oh, I bought, well, this isn't, was that last week when I got the Cowabunga collection? That was. The TMNT? It wasn't like last weekend, but it was last week, like around like Thursday, Friday-ish. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah you haven't talked yeah. about it. on. The I haven't even fucking played it yet. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's just been busy. I've been busy. Last week I worked a lot. Made good money, but I worked a lot. <sighs> yeah. That's how it is, man. That's how it is. Yeah. So, anyways, now the intro's out of the way. We don't have a Q&A this week because... There's just too much to talk about about in, in ADEW. In, yeah, in the world of all elite wrestling. So, we'll be right back after this. All right, guys, so before we get into all the good, fun, drama, uh, and action from All Elite Wrestling, uh, All Out, I want to take a quick moment here to run a promo for my friend Daniel Cosavalante. Um, for those of you who follow me on social media, you know I've been asking for prayers for him because his battle with brain cancer has been increasingly more and more difficult. And today, um, September 6th, 2022, he was sent to the ER, unresponsive, and low oxygen levels, I guess. Uh, brain, uh, his brain had been filling up, or his head had been filling up with fluid from his spine. Um, they have drained, they put a drain there. Uh, it looks like he'll have to live with a shunt. Permanently, uh, at some point, but the fight's not over yet. Um, his wife had asked me to share um, a give, send, go link. He was battling. One had been dormant, had been dormant for five years, and cancer and the tumors just came back this March. Bigger, stronger, harder than ever. And um, all we're asking for is anything. Anything you can do to help, help. Whether it be a, a small donation, um, you can even do it anonymously. You can share the link. You, you know, just, or you can pray. Because that's what, that's what we need right now for Daniel his wife, Lilia, and their beautiful little daughter. Uh, it's, it sucks because he's a, such a great guy. And anytime I was around him, he was always smiling. We met at Game On Expo in, I want to say, 2016. He was dressed up as Link, and I was dressed up as my usual Mario, and we hit it off from there. Um, so if you can, please go to www.givesend.com. Go all one word dot com 
forward slash help Daniel. I myself donated today, whatever I could. And, you know, it just, it's very unfortunate when me medical bills start piling up and it feels like your world is slowly caving in and you're losing not only your spouse, but your best friend and your child's father. So please guys, anything you can do to help them out. They're incredibly great people. If we didn't live so far apart in different parts of the state, I definitely see them more, but do anything and everything you can, even if it's just a simple well wishes, thoughts, prayers, vibes, whatever your orientation is. I know this is a little out of the ordinary and not our goofy, you know, ranting selves, but I felt it upon me today to, you know, do anything I could to help out. So once again, that is www.givesendgo.com forward slash help Daniel. And now we will continue with our regularly scheduled programming. All right, guys, and we're back. Whew. Okay. So, as we said, this past Sunday was AEW's premier pay-per-view event, All Out. Mm -hmm. Sold out in the Now Arena in Chicago, CM Punk's hometown. We got some news. Oh, man. So, let's go ahead and just start off by just talking about the card. Okay? So, we will go ahead and talk about the Zero Hour, the buy-in. The first hour of the pay-per-view that was actually shown for free across so many different media outlets. We watched it on YouTube while we were grilling. Oh, yeah. Let's get into it. Eddie Kingston versus Tomohiro Ishii. That one was pretty good. It yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah. There was a lot, a lot of chops. I'll uh -huh. tell you that. But holy crap, did you see freaking uh, Ishii's chest? Yeah, it was like blistering. Dude, it was purple by the end of the match. Yeah, I literally ridiculous. saw blisters on his chest yeah. for me. Yeah, Eddie was not holding back on those chops at all. And he, Eddie won, right? Uh, I think, yeah, Eddie yeah. won. Yeah, that, that was good. That was just a good way to start off the card. Like, a nasty old brawl. Oh, I know, it was pretty good. Then we had Hook versus Angelo Parker. Hook was defending the FTW championship, which really means nothing these days. I understand it's got some heritage and lineage back in the ECW days when his dad, Taz, you know, was the, the big, mean motherfucker. <laughs> but um, Hook took on Angelo Parker. Angelo Parker is uh, Cool Hand Ange from the Jericho Appreciation Society, the JAS. <laughs> and um, uh, they took a loss there. Hook beat Angelo Parker, and I don't think that's any much of a surprise. You know, um, it was okay. It was whatever. Yeah, it was not a really a memorable match, but it was yeah. Uh, Sammy Guevara and Tay Mello, or Ty Mello, versus Ortiz and Ruby Soho. This was for the AAA Mixed Tag Team Championships. So... Ortiz and Ruby beat um, Sammy and Ty earlier in the week. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, great. That means they're going to lose at the pay-per-view. Fun. 
you already knew they were going to lose. You, you kind of figure, man, because like with the way pro wrestling works is you give the baby faces a win if you have them booked to lose. You give them a win on the regular weekly programming. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to the pay-per-view, Yo, you have the, uh... the heels win. Uh-huh. Typically how it goes. I mean, it's unfortunate, but uh, that's what you call 50-50 booking. Wow. You know, you, you keep all parties happy, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're also, with this case, we're also dealing with a third-party title. You know, AAA. Oh, okay. So it's like, do you, even though both teams were AEW talent, they were fighting for third-party title. So it's kind of funny because, like, do you remember uh, the Forbidden Door pay-per-view? Uh, which one was that? Oh wait, one? no. Were you here for that? Was that the one that you watched when you were, uh, when you had COVID? Forbidden Door. I don't think I was here for that one. I might. That might have been the one. It was either I. I either watched that or Double or Nothing, because they were both in the same month. I don't think I was here for the Forbidden Door. Then maybe that was it. Okay, but like with Forbidden Door, mm-hmm. New Japan is going to protect our guys, right? Mm-hmm. You know, not every guy of theirs is going to lose or lose clean. You know, mm-hmm. it'll be like a cheap finish or whatever. It's the same thing with, um, like, AAA. So, since Ty and um, Sammy were the AAA champs, mm-hmm. even though they're AEW contracted talent, I would assume AAA would want them to keep the belts. Oh. You know, to kind of protect them. Yeah. Um, then we had Pack versus Kip Sabian for the AEW All Atlantic Championship. Which the winner was Pack. The winner was Pack. Um, this one was like all right. I find it kind of lame that Kip Sabian had been running this gimmick for like the better part of a year, just being out in the crowd with a box over his head that says um, "underrated" and over it. Mm-hmm. He ran this giant gimmick for so long only to lose and he didn't even lose like on the paid card he lost on the free i don't know i don't know there was not a whole lot of shit for me to really care about but i do kind of find it like interesting that you had him build up this giant gimmick for so long only to have him lose and i understand pack is like your newly christened first uh champion for the All-Atlantic Championship. I don't know. It's kind of a odd booking hmm. to me. I mean, they might be building up a story with it. Possibly, but again, like, he's been already building this story of himself uh, for, like, the last part of the year. Hmm. You would never know it unless you were really paying attention, mm-hmm. you know, and started to, like, watch maybe some behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see. Kip Sabian... Um, He's been like a he's like a day oneer. He actually won the very first singles match on AEW when really? it launched. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So now we'll move on over proper to the pay per view, okay? <laughs> Where we had opened up with the casino ladder match, <sighs> and this was for the um, opportunity for a title match. Mm-hmm. You know, very much kind of like Money in the Bank, where they all got to go up on the ladder. Grab the casino chip, you know, poker chip, whatever it is that's hanging. Whoever gets it, gets title shot. Yeah. This match had some big heavy hitters in it. It had Claudio Castagnoli, who's also the Ring of Honor champion. Mm-hmm. 
You had Wheeler Yuta, which is the Ring of Honor Pure Champion. You had um, the Lucha Brothers, both of them in it. Yeah. And they, then... They had, I'm um, looking at it right now, Ray Phoenix, uh-huh. Rush, uh, Stokely Hathaway. Mm. Mm. Stokely Hathaway wasn't... Uh, he was the one that grabbed the chip. We're, you're getting oh. a little ahead. Oh, yeah. I, I remember now. Andrade. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And Roosh. So Andrade, Roosh, um, Ray Phoenix, Penta, Wheeler Yuta, Claudio, and then the mystery opponent, the Joker, right? They also had Dante Martin. Oh, yeah, and Dante Martin. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I feel bad. I always forget about that guy. <laughs> always, dude. Um He's an awesome, excellent high flyer, though. So this match, dude, like it was going off pretty well, you know. Um, I I don't know why people sometimes people don't like it, but the the style of it, the casino style, where um, they drip feed people in, you know. And typically, when it's like a big casino battle royale match, mm-hmm. they release them in chunks of four. So for like the suits yeah. of cards, you know. But for this one, it was like eight guys, right? So they just drip fed them in once. Uh, at, by one <clears throat> i was digging the match until it was time for the joker to come out yeah because all those guys in the black suits decided to just take out all the competitors right and then a guy in the black another black like what were they like hooded robes or something yeah it was uh hoodies yeah yeah, yeah. um got up on the ladder took down the casino chip and wow. then the, the joker came in and he handed him the, the chip. Yeah, and um, that uh, Stokely actually took his uh, mask off when mm-hmm. he picked up the chip. Yeah, and I remember seeing that and being like, "Did he do that? <laughs> are, are you allowed? Because <laughs> I thought there were rules, right? You yeah. know, apparently not. Um, so that's long-term storytelling, right there, that has paid off because all those guys that were with Stokely. Mm-hmm. He had been recruiting them for like the last few months. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And you're like, why? What is he doing? What kind of group is he fucking creating? Why is he going after these guys? Right? And then we find out they're working for none other than MJF, who made his return on Sunday after being gone since June 1st with that red hot promo calling Tony Khan a fucking mark. And uh, fire him to let him out of his contract and all that. Oh, man, he went off. Yeah. Even went, again, went after the fans, too. Mm-hmm. Was- oh, yeah. So then after that, we're going to kind of go a little bit um, all over the place here. I'm not going to stay in too much of a continuity-wise with the matches. Yeah. So then after that, we can talk about this match, I'm gonna get. Yeah, I want to get this one out of the way. Um, Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho, and this is the Lionheart Chris Jericho. This is uh, him trying to be his old self from the WCW days. You know, it was who can be a better pro wrestler than who? Mm-hmm. You know, because Chris Jericho has been doing the sports entertainer gimmick for a while now. Yeah, you know. And it was kind of funny, too, because they were almost uh, battling for custody over Daniel Garcia. 
God. Because it's funny when you put it that way. It, 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 yeah, because you know what it reminds me of? I don't know if you remember this, but when Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio were feuding over Dominic, Rey Mysterio's son, when he was a little kid, because Eddie was trying to say that he was the father. What? So they had a fucking custody match. What? Yeah. Oh, I remember hearing about that. I didn't watch it, but I remember yeah. hearing about that. It was like wild, dude. And like, that's what this reminded me of, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, dude, this match could not have been a fucking crowd killer any more than it was. Dude, I know. I know. I mean, like, granted, yes, they were very technical. Yeah. Very technical in yeah. this match. But it, but it was just so slow. Like, very, like... <sighs> you hear me on it? That's not even, like, <laughs> me trying to fucking, you know, work right now. Like, I, I've seen fucking, you know, old people that move faster than that. Yeah, a lot of it just kind of seemed like it was them trying to be, like... You could see, you could tell they were, what they were trying to do was tell you, like, tell you a chess playing match without telling you they're playing chess. Mm-hmm. You know, and you could see it all over their faces, thinking and moving slow and trying to get this move in. So the other, you know, get this move in. But with all the other matches, and like I said, we're not doing this kind of like in, in order of how the matches really happen so much. This one was like the third to last. Right, I want to say. And it, uh, I think so. And it just lasted way too long. I know. Yeah. Like. I have never watched an AEW match that I wanted to end. And I wanted that one to just be fucking over with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All of us, you know, here yeah. in the place were, were just like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. What the hell's going on? Yeah, it was just really rough around the edges. No one popped for anything in the match. Mm-mm. I mean, I know Chris Jericho won by a cheap shot. You know, he... Um, he was facing the turnbuckle and kicked back his, you know, his like left foot, hit Danielson in the nuts. Ref didn't see it. One, two, three, boom. Jericho's your champ. And they set up a storyline for this uh, tomorrow. Shit, tomorrow. Um, for Daniel Garcia, he's having a match. Mm-hmm. And Jericho mm-hmm. said, Well, guess what? You know, because you're so wishy washy with me now, you don't have the JAS's support. You're going out by yourself tomorrow. Or on, on Wednesday for your match. Uh, oh, it's against Wheeler Yuta for the Pure Championship. The Ring of Honor Pure Championship. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Pure Championship or Pure matches are a little bit different. You know, it's more strict. You only get, um, like, three rope breaks oh. in the whole match. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. It's, uh, I don't think there's any closed-handed hits either or anything like that. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see what happens. I think Daniel Garcia might leave uh, the JAS and go with the Blackpool Combat Club. I hope he does. Yeah, me too. I'm kind of... I appreciate the JAS and like when they were the inner circle. You know, they felt like like a new rendition of the NWO for a little bit, you know. Um, but I kind of feel like maybe it's run its course. I don't know where else you could take the JAS right now, you know. Um, I really want to see like some of those guys like have success in the singles department or tag team department, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, like 
that match was probably just about as interesting as what we had to say about it in that conversation. Um, oh yeah, I was. Oh, I'm not even a huge like fan of wrestling, like that. You know, yeah. I'll watch pay per view with you. You know, because it's it's fun to watch the pay per views. But my God, that was. Like, yeah. half of us wanted to leave at that point. <laughs> I know, dude. I was like, damn, what do I got to do to keep you all entertained and want to stay around? <laughs> and it sucked, too, because that was like Sammy and Tony's first uh, wrestling pay-per-view. Really? Yeah. Oh, and they God. had a great time. Everyone unanimously said, except for that match. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, because exactly. It, it was every match. Yeah. Some of them weren't as memorable, but they were still, you know, like, entertaining enough to watch. Right. Um, speaking of which, we had... Um, uh, let's talk about the House of Black versus Darby Allen, Sting, and Miro. This was your co-main event mm-hmm. for the night. So this came on actually right after the match we had just talked about. And it kind of re-energized the crowd, re-energized us here. You know, whenever you watch Darby Allen, you know you're in for some wild shit. I know. Yeah, that guy has like a death wish. I think he's going to retire by the time he's like 35. <laughs> you know? Um, so it was... Dude, I got to say, like Miro, he started off the match and was like wrecking motherfucking house. And then he got into a little bit of trouble. And Darby was like, come on, come on. Tap me in, yeah. tap me in. And Miro was like, no, I'm doing this. You know, because he has real beef, storyline-wise, excuse me, with um, Malachi Black, who mm-hmm. is the leader of the House of Black. Malachi Black has been you know, spitting black goo in people's faces. And he turned um, Julia Hart, who was with the Varsity Blondes. She was like the cheerleader uh, gimmick. And then now she's like all dark and, you know, fucking looks like uh, one of the vampire sisters from uh, Resident Evil Village, you know, (laughs) like straight up. (laughs) Um, So Malachi Black spit in Miro's face. And then he also spit in Sting's face. You're like, holy shit. Are these guys going to turn heel? Like, are these guys going to go with the House of Black? They ended off, like, fighting away whatever evil lurked <laughs> lurked in the mist. Um, so, eventually, you know, like, uh, Darby uh, blind-tagged himself in. and He slapped the shit out of Miro's back. Yeah, it's like, BAM! <laughs> I'm in! <laughs> and he was just, dude, I love watching Darby because he is just, so, he's like a fucking, um, like, uh, Pinball. Dude, he's just doom, 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 doom. tiny compared to those guys. Yeah. So, what? like, I think that's why, like, it really works out in his benefit that, one, he's crazy as shit, and, two, that he hits the guys with everything he's got, and he uses his speed to the advantage of building up force. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I don't know how many times I've seen him throw his entire body at them. Yeah. To knock them over. Yeah, doing, like, a suicide dive through the ropes or... The coffin drops, you know, whatever. Um, Sting was fucking Sting, doing some Sting shit. I think they said in the 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 commentary, yeah. you know, they were, I forgot who said. I think it was Taz, and he was like, "Look at Sting doing Sting shit." Yeah, you know, he uh, no sold a couple of hits. You know, like yeah. it was just brilliant. And then to close out the match, uh, Malachi Black was about to do like this spinning, um, either elbow or or kick, and Sting spit black goo into Mal- Malachi's uh, face. face, and then you know I think Darby got the pin. Yeah, Darby got that fucking insane pin. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, I don't know what the fuck he did, but he knocked him over 
after that and then fucking yeah. jumped over him and then like yanked his fucking leg <laughs> fucking body oh stretched you out. know what that's right because it looked like he was about to fucking pop the dude's uh pop malachi's knee oh yeah it was yeah yeah because it was like a hyper extension yeah oh, oh dude God. that looked everyone was like oh stop it like yeah. it looked like a painting the way he was holding him like <laughs> like a renaissance yeah. painting yeah yeah it was wild yeah so um good guys got the win there um apparently um they didn't show this on the pay-per-view but um malachi had bowed after the match to the crowd blew a kiss and then walked off malachi has been asking aew rumored for his release <laughs> because I mean, the, the dude just signed like a four or five year extension to his deal, but apparently he's having some mental health issues and he just wants to not work right now, I guess. You guess take a break or something? Uh, well, he wants to be out of his contract. I mean, there's one thing of like, hey, look, at, I need to work on me right now. Can I take like some time off? And then there's, I can't work right now. Or oh, the foreseeable future. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. It's it's all rumored. I don't think any of it's been confirmed by any media outlets. Um, well, I mean, if that's the case, if if it is true, hopefully he gets the help that he needs. Exactly. A lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, whenever someone wanted out of WWE, you know, everyone was like, oh, WWE needs to let them go. But now it's all different because AEW is doing it. Like, no, like. Here's the thing, like this hasn't been confirmed, first mm-hmm. of all. And second of all, it's like, yeah, if he wants out and needs out, okay, we get it. Like let, um, let um, him out, maybe. Unless it was his sign of letting the crowd know that those rumors aren't true and he's okay. Maybe. But you know, either way, you know, if he's yeah. okay, that's good good. But yeah. if he needs help, let the man get help. Yeah. And then I think right now too, AEW is trying to do everything they can to counteract all the advancements that WWE is having right now with Vince being gone and Triple H being in charge. Mm-hmm. He actually got promoted today. Triple H? Yeah. So oh. he was head of creative and now he's head of something else oh, on wow. top of creative. So yeah, WWE really tried to counter program uh, AEW this weekend. Having a they had SmackDown on Friday, Clash at the Castle pay-per-view on Saturday. And then um, Worlds Collide, which is an NXT pay-per-view on Sunday, mm-hmm. right before All Out happened. Yeah. See, what they, what they need to understand is that competition is healthy. Yes. They need to have a competition. If yes. they're fucking having a, mo- a monopoly on wrestling, eventually they're going to fucking lose uh, you know, viewership because people are just going to get tired of the and same thing. And that's exactly what happened mm-hmm. when it was just them before AEW. But if they realize that the competition is good... That means they can fucking, you know, sharpen each other and make each other better. Exactly. You know? Yeah. But, of course, greed is greed. Yep. So, we got a little bit of time left here before we have to take a break. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Ah, a really quick one. Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Oh, that was that, um... Fucking, what should we call it? I don't want to say it. Don't want to come off wrong, but it was that black guy versus the other guy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he was really the only one. Well, there were no, there was fucking uh, Keith Lee and the other guy. Swerve Strickland. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the acclaimed are also black too. So, nah. Yeah, but Powerhouse Hobbs squash the shit out of Ricky Starks, which I think is it's good here because it's just 
It's not going to be the last time they're going to wrestle. They were tag team partners for a long time. They were in Taz's group. Um, Ricky Starks had the um, FTW championship for a long time and then lost it to Hook. So this is good. This is good because it pushes Powerhouse in a direction that I think is appropriate. It's also making you sympathize for Ricky Starks and building him as a babyface and building Powerhouse as an appropriate heel. Hmm. You know what I mean? I don't think there's really anyone as big as Powerhouse on the roster aside from uh, Wardlow. What do you mean big? Like as in like... like big, big, like physically imposing big. Oh, yeah, no. Freaking yeah. Dude is pretty freaking big. Yeah. So it would. it's going to be interesting to see where they go with, with Powerhouse, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Ricky Starks, I think, is going to be built as a sympathetic babyface, which is, I think, again, absolutely appropriate. It was a good squash match. You know, it showed Ricky fighting, not just going out there, getting power slammed in one, two, three. Yeah. You know, um, he got some offense in, but at the end of the day, you know, you got it. You know, powerhouse houses. He got powerhouse housed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we'll go ahead. Uh, actually, you know what? We still have some more time for another short match. <laughs> that bitch. You tell the TBS them? champion. Are you, are you with about? the baddies. Oh, yeah. Jade Cargill. <laughs> 37 and 0 versus Athena. For the TBS championship. Honestly, that wasn't a fair fight, dude. She's. If you hear this, um, <laughs> Jade, don't be mad at me. Built like a man, like for real. Yeah, no, she's like the modern day China. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'd say slimmer still because China <laughs> was huge. She was. She was a uh, beefer. She was. Huge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um it I just don't know who is going to beat Jade Cargill at this point. Because at this point I do believe Jade Cargill has run through the the C tier of talent and the B tier. The A tier does have some reckoning for Jade Cargill. Mm-hmm. And I don't see them really booking Britt Baker to lose to Jade Cargill. Yeah, Britt Baker is too big of a name. Yeah, I don't see Hikaru Shida getting defeated by her either. I could see, oh gosh darn it, Why Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker's, uh, her, her sidekick. Yeah. That was in the, the four-way, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. I could see her losing to Jade Cargill, but to be fair, she's still kind of, she's like an upper B tier wrestler, mm-hmm. you know. Sorry, are you saying Jade Cargill is a C tier? Actually, yes. Really? Her moves are very limited. She is a AEW product. Like, 
from the AEW factory. She had no <laughs> uh, professional wrestling experience really? before coming to AEW. Well, maybe they're trying to build her up to be an A-tier. What I think they're doing is looking at her and saying, this is our Goldberg. If you don't remember, which you might not, I don't know if you were really aware. So Goldberg was a pro football player, right? Yeah, I remember you that. Know, he was like retired from football and was like, I don't know what to do now. Mm. He thought about doing MMA, started training in that. And then when he was watching like pro wrestling one day and was like, I want to do that. <laughs> and so he went to the WCW um, training facility, trained there, and went on like one of the craziest undefeated streaks ever. Yeah, it, they say it was like triple digits, Damn. but it's really like probably padded, you know? But I think they're kind of looking at her as like a special athletic specimen and just letting her wreck the fucking place. I mean, if that's their goal, yeah, you know, hope they just got to do it right. That's all I got to do. Yeah. Set up the storylines right. Yeah. And she's never really, oh, excuse me. She's never really had a baby face turn so far. You know, uh, huh. there's, she's always been that bitch, as she calls herself. <sighs> you know, and then adding the baddies section to every match that she has and whatever else, you know, it's just, it is what it is. She did have. She, I will say this. She did have really cool ring gear. She oh was, yeah. She was dressed up like classic comic She-Hulk. She yeah. You know, painted halfway green. I mean, she she fitted pretty damn well with yeah. her physique. Yeah. Know? Yeah, of course. She she probably looked better than the Disney Plus <laughs> She-Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't think she's gonna lose anytime soon. It'd be Ooh. interesting to see who they book to beat her. Yeah. Yeah. But like, the only thing I, I don't like is that whole, you know, fucking the, the posse going around fucking with the match thing. Yeah. I never really like that. But you know what? If they're going to let it Heel's happen. has got to heal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break here. We'll come right back. Okie dokie. So. Moving on, we have Britt Baker versus Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm versus Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's World Interim Championship. Of course, you know, Thunder Rosa is still the champion, the champ, mm-hmm. but has some injury, has to have surgery, I believe. So they set up this four way um, match. To see who's going to be champ in the meantime. Action was pretty good. Uh, there was even some points where Britt Baker was having some offense against her own sidekick, Jamie Hayter, and tried to pin her. Yeah. And Jamie was like, what are you doing? You know? <laughs> but it's like, bro, it's it's like Highlander. There can only be one. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, for a while there, too, you know, like Tony Storm was like kicking ass and Sheeta, I thought... I thought something was up when she left, you know, hurt. Yeah. But I called it. I called it. Everyone was like, oh, man, she's hurt. Where'd she go? She went to the back. Oh, wow. It must be serious. I was like, I guarantee you she's going to come back out with, like, fucking kendo sticks, screaming and running back in the ring. And, and that's literally what happened. <laughs> I could not believe it. Um, it was it was quite a sight to see, too. <laughs> that was great. 
Yeah, so anyways, Tony Storm won, you know, and who did she pin? I forgot. Uh, was it Britt Baker? I don't think it was Britt Baker. Then maybe it was Jamie Hayter, because I don't think she pinned Sheeta. No, it definitely wasn't Sheeta. It, it, it was had to be Hayter then, yeah. 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 I think uh, I think that was the right choice. You know, I think it was good. Um, apparently, uh, Tony Storm was bound to win the belt either way because she was supposed to have a match with the Narosa at All Out. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and it's funny because they're they're a tag team as well. Ooh. They called themselves the Thunderstorm. It's corny, but it's it, it makes works. Sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was, it was a pretty good match. I liked, I liked it. Uh, I think it was the right call, you know, Mm -hmm. I think Britt Baker had a decent enough run, actually a really good run being champ that you can kind of let that fire kind of simmer for a little bit before she's champ again. Yeah. Same thing with Sheeta. Sheeta was a champ for quite a while and was pretty good. Uh, I don't think Jamie Hayter, I don't think anyone had her winning. She's just not there yet. You know, like I said, she's like upper B tier, you yeah. know. Um, but maybe this is uh, how they bring her up to the A tier. Right. So then I think now would be a good time to talk about FTR and Wardlow versus Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. Mm-hmm. That was a good match. That was yeah. good. Uh, I mean, just babyface mania, you know, with FTR, you know, <laughs> running, their, running their shit and Wardlow... Um, getting the power bomb for the finish, you know? And then I thought what was great was when Dax Wheeler, um, his daughter came out. Yeah. Took Sanjay's uh, pencil and just snapped it. <laughs> and then I don't know who did she hit him and he went down or I don't remember. I think uh, yeah, somebody hit him. He went and down. Then he went down. She put her foot on him. And, and then, then the ref went one, two, three. And like, it wasn't even a match, right? Yeah. But since it's an official referee three count, Dax's daughter is 1-0 in AEW. <laughs> an eight-year-old. An eight-year-old has a better record in AEW than me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was cool, though, man. You know, Sanjay had been talking a lot of shit about, um, you know, Dax's daughter because, you know, she has, like, heart issues and, he had said, you know, uh, Dax had said, you know, I'm going to fight like an eight-year-old girl because my daughter is fighting for her life, you know, and stuff. And it's really good. And Sanjay, I didn't realize it because um, I, I think I was busy at, uh, cooking or whatever or cutting mm-hmm. up all the meats when this one was on. But um, he had a shirt that said, like, fight like an eight-year-old brat or something like that. Yeah, he had the, yeah. Girl, the girl crossed off uh-huh. and it said brat on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then... We got a surprise appearance uh, after the match. Um, you know, shenanigans were ensuing from the heels, <laughs> and then out comes Samoa Joe, the yeah. Ring of Honor Television Champion, and his return because he had been gone for a while out with injury, I think. Yeah. Uh, so it was really cool to see him come back. Samoa Joe is just one of those guys that's like, oh, no, he wasn't out with injury because you know it just wrapped filming. Twisted Metal. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot he was Sweet Tooth. (laughs) Yeah. So, there you go. There you go. It officially wrapped filming like this past week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little tidbit of news there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
so no belts were up for grabs or anything. It was just a simple trios match. Um, then we had uh, this one. I was like really upset about Jungle Boy, oh, Jack Perry versus Christian Cage. Dude, I know that was bullshit. Yeah, so Jungle Boy comes out of the right tunnel, which is the babyface tunnel. Mm-hmm. That's where normally all the good guys come out. Of. And then Luchasaurus came out of the tunnel on the left side. But before that, Christian was already um, in the ring. And when he was making his way to the ring, uh, Jungle Boy's mom slapped the fuck out of him. Jungle Boy's mom got more offense in this match than Jungle Boy did. I know. Poor guy. And I guess Christian is, shoot, injured, which is why they went this route with the match. Really? Yeah. Uh, if you notice, he had like a giant arm brace on his right arm. I think his, I think he might have a torn tricep. Oh shit! Something like that. But uh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, for Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus turned heel again. Yeah, again, again, and slammed the living shit, dude, out of was... Jungle Boy on the metal grate. Like if that were like another match, and they somehow made it up there and did that, I would have been like, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. But in the the context of the situation, wasn't fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, and like after that one power bomb, dude, his fucking back. You could see like all the 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 lines, the diamond plating, and everything on his back. Dude, oh my god, you could see he was bleeding a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. Oh god, he messed him up big time with that. Yeah, and then he slammed him through the timekeeper's table. Mm-hmm. I want to say as well, and then he got in the ring. Took a hit from, was it a spear from? I think it was a spear. And he got back up and Aubrey Eb, uh, eh, 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 Aubrey Edwards was like, are you sure you want to continue? Are you sure you want to continue? Yeah. And Jungle Boy was like, yeah, let's do it. They rang the bell. Christian um, hit one or two moves. And that was it. And then he finished him off with the. Um... Oh, his finisher. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot the name of it. I forgot too. God damn it! They're, Although, yeah, they're back to back. Um, well, he has him, his head facing down. He has him on his back. Yeah, his arms like and then... shoulders. You know, shoulders are across each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, damn, I had that like in my head two seconds ago. <laughs> it's <laughs> gone. But yeah, so obviously this feud will continue. There's gonna be a lot more drama with Luchasaurus and what the hell is going on with that? You know. I don't know, that, that was kind of like, it was one of those things where was like, come on, man. Yeah. You guys yeah, kissed and made up, and now you went back on it? Maybe he was just doing that to bring Jungle Boy's guard down. Damn. I mean, it's definitely a heel move, though, so. Damn dirty dino. <laughs> <laughs> we have another match here that was actually surprisingly very good. And it was uh, Swerve in Our Glory which is the tag team champs, mm-hmm. Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee, yeah. versus the Acclaimed for the AEW Tag Team Championships. The Acclaimed were over, like completely over. What do you mean? Like when you're over, that means you're pop. You're popular. Oh, okay. Like okay. The, the, you won the crowd over. Mm-hmm. I genuinely thought it was their win. I thought they were going to get it. Huh. I mean, they have the most victories out of any tag team in AEW. Oh, wow. They're an original AEW tag team. 
Um, yeah, they're the most winningest. I think they sell the most merch too. Really? Yeah. I mean, the, the rap gimmick that they do, the scissor me, baby, you know, like it's just, it's over with everybody. And man, it was a really good match. And you, if I were Tony Khan, I would have said somewhere in that match, like, we're calling it an, an audible. We're going to do a different play. Mm-hmm. We're going to put the belts on the acclaim because we see this going amazingly well for them yeah. with the crowd. The crowd was popping for them every time. I mean, it was unfortunate, but then after the match, something interesting happened. Keith Lee scissored the acclaimed to like show signs of respect, you know, like, Hey, good job. You know, like, yeah. cool. But swerve did not like that one bit. And Swerve and Keith Lee have always kind of been like back and forth with each other, even though they're tag team champs. Huh. Like in Battle Royales, um, Swerve has uh, dirtied Keith, Keith Lee, Lee. Ah. you know, throwing him out of the ring, being like, oh, sorry, bro. You know, it's, I got to do it for me. You got to do it for me. You yeah. know, which I get, but still, uh, dishonorable. Dishonor your family. Um, Dishonor <laughs> on you. Dishonor your cow. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that that was a really good match. I don't really have too much to say because I just really I, I appreciated it. Yeah, there there's like too much in that for anything specifically. I think to stand out. Yeah, like overall, it was just that good. Yeah. yeah, and then we have the Elite versus Hangman Adam Page and the Dark Order for the inaugural AEW Trios Championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was great. Young Bucks never fucking disappoint. And then you have Kenny Omega on your team as well. I think, I mean, it's just a win-win right there, right? Yeah. You know? (laughs) Um, And then you've got the history, right, with Hangman and Kenny Omega being previous tag team champs themselves. You know, had the falling out because they were all part of the Bullet Club back in uh, New Japan. You know, and Kenny Omega was the leader of that, that clique. And then AEW happens, you know, and they all become EVPs and personnel for AEW. Then they're wrestling talent. Um, And then they had their falling out, right? Kenny Omega and and Hangman, because Hangman became like a drunk and was causing them to lose matches and shit. And that's how they ended up losing the belts. Oh, wow. And then Kenny Omega lost his AEW championship to Hangman Adam Page. Oh, yeah, okay. and he was gone for a while. He was gone after after that match. He was gone for like over 160 days or something like that. Didn't you say it was because of injuries? Yeah, like, yeah, hmm. that that was the best time to take the belt off of him so he could recover from injuries. Like he had all the surgeries. You know what I mean? Um, and then you have the Dark Order who were. Started off in AEW as kind of like a, a joke click, but then became like more and more popular and, and whatnot. Um, I think ev- almost every fiber in my body thought the elite were going to win, you know, and Kenny Omega. Yeah. Um, I mean, you called it from the beginning of the match. Yeah. But there's also that like 2% chance of what if? Yeah. Yeah. Because. The Dark Order are pretty popular, you know, especially like John Silver 
the, he was like the shorter bald dude with the beard. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Call him Johnny Hungy. <laughs> you know? Um, I don't know. It was pretty, it was pretty interesting, man. Like, I didn't, there was no blood, no color, you know, mm-hmm. which I was surprised because Young Bucks normally like take it up to like 11 with that shit. Um, but overall, the chemistry was really good. This was Kenny Omega's I'm at 100% match. Mm-hmm. You know, um, which I was going to mention that um, I was ahead. I was going to mention that majority of the match, Kenny Omega was in the ring. Yeah. You know, compared to like the Young Bucks, Young Bucks usually, you know, they take over. Yeah. Most of the time. But this right. time, Kenny Omega was pretty much in the spotlight. Yeah. And I think that was really a lot of storytelling in its own, mm-hmm. you know, showing how he had overcome all these injuries and shit. And he's back. Mm-hmm. You know, he did a lot of his staple moves. You got Snapdragon suplexes, um, attempted one-winged angel. Uh, he did the Terminator uh, dive. It's funny because, like, you know, he's going to do it when he, he, like, he's kneeled on the ground. He goes, <laughs> like the Terminator theme, you know? Yeah. Uh, it was good. And those belts are fucking pretty. Oh, yeah. The trio's belts really are nice clean, belts. man. Yeah. Um, so it's like, no surprise there. Now, finally... Um, we can talk about this match and then run right into what followed. So, is that really all the matches? Damn. Yeah. Damn. We plowed through all of them, and yet we took this long to plow through all of them. Yeah. Ooh, man. So, John Moxley versus CM Punk for the AEW World Championship. CM Punk came out of the gates fucking swinging. Oh, yeah. And it's funny because whenever you see a John Moxley match, he's the one gushing blood. I know. <laughs> but this time, CM Punk got cut good, was gushing blood. Dude, it was crazy because uh, CM Punk basically had the match like on. He had control of it the, the entire like almost first half. Yeah. Dude, he took him into the crowd. Smack the shit out of him, you know, smack them around yep. a good bit. Good head kicks. And it, like, he, he hit his uh, finisher, the GTS, go to sleep, like, within the first 30 seconds of the match. Oh, I know. Enter the ring, fucking ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Went for it. Yeah. And it at that point, I was like, it's going to be really cool to see if CM Punk just goes in there, dominates, takes off, right? It shows, like, a form of dominance. Like, I'm back. My foot isn't as injured. You know, it's repaired now and whatever. But then I was like, ah, this is a championship match. Like, let's... Because the last week or whatever, uh, they had the the match to combine the belts, the interim championship, and Moxley won in, like, three minutes. It was a squash. Because CM Punk injured his foot again. Mm. But he was 100% cleared, and the doctors were like, nah, dude, you're fine. Your foot's just not as strong as your foot used to be, so that's why you, you feel like it's, it's not right. But this match went on for about like what 20 ish minutes, something like that. Yeah, because like right after he brought brought him back from the cloud, cloud, the cloud, cloud, yeah, from the crowd, Moxley smashed him into that post. Yeah, it was like oh nasty. Oh my god! You know, and that's when he started bleeding. Yeah, Moxley gets back in the ring. You see CM Punk like get up and just 
I think it was all of his right side of his face because he did look like two face for a moment. Dude, yeah, no, the first at first it was the entire right side of his face. You yeah. could see it dripping down his neck. Yeah. And then as they were fighting and you know getting on the floor and stuff, you could see it started covering his entire yeah. face. Well, and then Moxley didn't help that at all because he just went after that cut. Oh, I know. He, he was, was like digging his elbow into it. He was you know? fucking gnawing, like he's yeah. fucking biting oh, it. God, dude, he's so fucking sadistic. <laughs> you know, this was a pretty solid match, man. Um, I really felt like for a moment, we were almost watching like gameplay of like of like people playing a wrestling game. Yeah, because it was just so batshit. Yeah, you know? man, they just went all out. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, so, in, anyways, uh, CM Punk became victorious. You know, it was a clean finish. Um, oh wait, I fucked that up. I should have said they just went all in. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was a clean finish. <sighs> Excuse me, CM Punk. One, two, three, boom. Oh, no, but you, you missed the part where he fucking did the, um, his, his uh, move. Moxley hits the ropes, and he's just so fucking tired. Oh, he yeah. He drops to his knees. Oh, yeah. Moxley <laughs> just falls on top of him, and they're just like, ugh. Yeah, so he's got all that dead weight on him, and yeah. he's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Shit. Um, so anyways, after seeing Punk wins, the celebration, crowd pops, whatever, Arena goes black you're like what the fuck and then on the the jumbotron or whatever there is a, a vignette pre-recorded and you hear a voicemail from tony khan saying hey i know you've you've ran away but we need you back i'll pay you bleep we need you i you know i know you don't care about the fans but um, i do i do and and this is my last offer. Yeah. It's going to be the best and, offer. And you're not going to get another offer. Uh-huh. You know, kind of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. WWE's not the right place. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was the Joker who won in the battle. Well, I say won in the Casino Royale uh, match. And I mean, I, we forgot to mention, he never took his mask off. Yeah, no, he didn't take his mask off because you... You kind of yeah. bombed on that one. You 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 slipped up there. Yeah. And mentioned him. But yeah. that's all right. Yeah, no, he, yeah. he didn't reveal who he was until uh, after the CM Punk and John Moxley match. Yeah, but I called it when we were watching it live. Yeah. When I saw him walking, I was like, that's MJF. Yeah, you knew his fucking strut. Yeah, you could just, I, I don't know, call me fucking a dweeb or whatever, but I was like, that's him. I could tell by the body movement. You know, whatever strut, um, right? <laughs> um, and then you just see like the back of this hooded figure put on a scarf, mm-hmm. the signature MJF scarf. Turns around, takes the mask off. Well, it takes the mask off, then turns around. Right, yeah. and then his music hits. He walks down the rampway, and is just like eyeing CM Punk, and is like, "That belt is mine." That belt is mine. Yeah, you, you know? can see, see you could see in CM Punk's face. He was not happy. Yeah. He was not happy. No. And then and then, and then we're gonna take a quick break and get into all the dirty deets. <laughs> so clearly we have hinted towards people being unhappy. Mm-hmm. So, as AEW likes to do, they have a media 
you know, press conference post live event mm-hmm. or post pay-per-view. It's pretty cool because it does feel like very legitimate. You know, it is very legitimate. You have the press out there asking a bunch of questions, just like you would see a UFC post fight, yeah. you know, press conference. Um, it's funny. WWE is now starting to do them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we had CM Punk sitting next to Tony Khan. Actually, like the belt was in between them, mm-hmm. I think. But they were like very, they were sitting very close to each other. Yeah. Either way, CM Punk didn't even get to take a fucking shower. Like he still had blood on his face. Yeah. You know, uh, it was it's kind of a sight. You know, he was sitting there like with a fucking cupcake or some muffin, and just immediately started taking out his revolvers and shooting. Like nobody was safe from his crosshairs he went off right away and started talking shit about colt cabana but he was calling him by his real name not his in-ring name and bringing up all that history and um well i think it started off because somebody asked him a question about it oh maybe i didn't hear the question but yeah because remember he said uh, he ends up mentioning he's like the fact that he has to talk about it you know oh okay you know because I thought he was more of just addressing that because he had that opportunity there with the press. Oh yeah, true. you know, uh-huh. because it was a, it has been running in um, news articles and stuff. You know, like CM Punk is trying to get Colt Cabana fired from AEW, or he's trying to get him buried. You know, and mm-hmm. whatnot, which is like kind of coincidental because Colt Cabana hasn't been like used very much at all in um aew since cm punk's arrival mm-hmm. and cole cabana is part of the dark order this past week um the dark order had to use hangman adam page as a fill-in because they had no other people to put in their match when their other guy was hurt or their other two guys were hurt oh wow yeah so it's john silver and alex reynolds and um 10 of the dark order then Ten got hurt, so Evil Uno was going to fill in, but then Evil Uno got attacked backstage. Meanwhile, you still had Colt Cabana on your team. Mm-hmm. Even though Colt Cabana was, he was at Gamescom, advertising the game and everything. Oh wow! Yeah, and and doing like exhibition matches. They were back by the time that shit, this shit was going on. Yeah, so it's like why not use Colt Cabana? Kind of find it a little interesting. I get the whole storyline using Hangman. Against Kenny and his friend, you know, because even the Young Bucks, they went to go ask Hangman to be their partner because Kenny hadn't come back yet oh, from wow. injury. But Hangman was like, nah, guys, sorry, you weren't there for me when I needed you. And these guys were. So I'm going to be with these guys. I'm going to root them on. Mm-hmm. And then they ended up needing him. Right. But anyways, he was just going off, talking massive shit about Colt Cabana. Completely unnecessary, too. Because all you got to do, right, is say, no, I'm not trying to get the guy fired. I don't know why I have to talk about this, but no, I'm not. Instead, he was off the rails talking about how Colt Cabana shares a bank account with his mom. Um, talking shit about um, a lawsuit or whatever, and that Colt wanted more money from CM Punk. 
CM Punk was paying all of his bills and this and that. Yeah. Just really like ribbing into him. And now it kind of makes me go like, well, fuck, maybe you are trying to get him fired. Maybe you are trying to fucking bury him. If, if this is how you feel about him, maybe. Yeah. And a lot of people have since after this whole giant clusterfuck, pro wrestlers, fans, colleagues have said like, CM Punk has always been this way. It's just now in the public. Mm-hmm. You know? He went on to also talk shit about um, irresponsible and like idiotic EVPs. Wink, mm-hmm. wink, nudge, nudge. Um, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Because they are, you know, executive vice presidents for AEW and like talent relations and whatnot. Um, Kenny Omega is also head of the gaming department for AEW. No, oh, wow. yeah, he like while he was injured, he was working on um, the game with Ukes. Oh, yeah, he's a big gamer. Big, big <laughs> gamer. Well, his finisher is the one winged angel, which is a <laughs> reference to Sephiroth, right? Yeah. You know, um, so then he goes on and mentions where his fucking muffin or wherever is from, right? Yeah. You know, and then. Tony Khan gets asked a question, and it's funny because the way it was asked, the 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 reporter was like, Tony, this one's for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And he asked him about, like, why bring MJF back now? Why bring him back this way? You know, this is CM Punk's hometown. And, you know, and then he also was like, what was your reaction to seeing the crowd pop so hard? For um, MJF, mm-hmm. right after you have your hometown hero win the title, you know, mm-hmm. and you could see that really irritated CM Punk. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because he made his whole big promo about um, fighting for the championship in Chicago for the people of Chicago, so on and so forth. So Tony Khan was like, you know, I just i i owed it to the fans. You know, we we really need him back. He is, you know. A generational talent, this and that. And then CM Punk just like buds in because they uh, bring up the fact that, you know, obviously he won the match, the the, the championship um, opportunity. And then CM Punk said something to the, the lines of, well, yeah, and, and this guy keeps having to make me wrestle idiots or morons. Yeah. You know, and at that moment when he said that, Tony Khan was like drinking water. And just had this expression on his face where he was just like, oh, my God. And then, like, closed his eyes. And you could just tell he was like, teleport me anywhere but here right now, please. (laughs) You know. And and then, obviously, you know, um, CM Punk went off on Hangman Adam Page, too. You know, and was um, really, really mad at him about doing, um, you know, when Hangman wrestled Punk to defend the championship when he was champ. Mm-hmm. Um, he made it, he, he did a shoot promo on Punk about workers' rights and saying that he was not just defending the title, but defending the company from Punk. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he was like, nobody wanted you here and this and that. So it was shoot. It was a shoot. Oh, wow. It was, it was a big time shoot. So, um, all that bullshit happened, right? 
Immediately after. <laughs> Immediately after we had a Swerve in Our Glories press conference. And caught on camera, you see a security guard run to the backstage. Where, you know, it was all... He was in the room doing with the press conference, keeping check of everything. And then you just see the security guard bolt to the fucking back. Apparently... CM Punk's coach and CM Punk decide, you know what? Let's start some shit. (laughs) And get into a shoot fight with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. (sighs) Apparently, um, gosh, I cannot remember. People are just going to like start giving me a bunch of shit. Um, (sighs) For not remembering fucking Ace Steel. Ace Steel. There we go. Ace Steel is um, CM Punk's longtime coach since like 1999. Uh, Yeah. Apparently, he picked up a chair and threw it at one of the Young Bucks. Gave him a black eye and apparently may or may not have knocked Knocked um, him out. It was either Nick or I think it was Matt Jackson. um, Knocked him out with the chair. He literally just picked up a chair and fucking threw it at him. Like cheap shot right to the face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they didn't sell what kind of chair. I'm assuming it was one of those fold, your standard steel fold chair. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and then Ace Steel went to go try to tackle Kenny Omega and then bite him. What? And CM Punk tried to swing at Nick Jackson. And it was just a giant fucking mess. It was a clusterfuck. Yeah. And, I mean, we just reported on Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara and their back backstage kerfuffle, right? And even though Sammy Guevara was like the antagonizer, Eddie Kingston, obviously, was the one who got suspended, as we had said. So now begs the question, what the flying fuck is going to happen now? Let me say, it's a two-parter. Number one, a lot of people are wondering if this is a work. For those of you who are listening and don't know exactly what uh, a work or a shoot is in pro wrestling terms, a work is wait, chill out, bro. A work is a fictional, uh, fictional term. If Josh and I are in the ring, and I tell him, "You suck, McNuggets." <laughs> Yeah, that's a work. It's 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 a storyline device. Yeah. If Josh and I are in the ring and he's expecting me to say something and I end up saying, Well, you know what? Your mom's a fucking whore. You know? Like and it, it it's it's real. That is real. That's There's, what you actually meant to say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I break storyline, I break that um that curtain what separates real from not you know in pro wrestling um and there's also a term called a worked shoot which is what people are trying to convince themselves this is so this is a storyline created to look to look real but it's not you know what i mean yeah and really good pro wrestling storytelling more often than not, our work shoots. Oh. But this is not that. 
This is not that. You don't think it is? <laughs> no, no, because neither was Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara. Some people were like, oh, this is definitely a, a work. They're trying to work us over, you know? Uh, but that, that was real. That really happened. Sammy Guevara <laughs> had to come out and publicly apologize, and so did uh, Eddie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, let's just see if they're going to have to uh, see him punk come out publicly apologize, which even if they want him to, I don't think he will. I don't think he would. Because, um, again, I think a lot of this is just showing the fucking um, diva, I think, that a lot of people have said throughout the years that CM Punk is. Mm-hmm. And, um, bless you. <laughs> so, right, there's like that, right? Some people are like, oh, is this a work? Is it a shoot? You know, and then the other the other part of this is what's going to happen, like disciplinary wise, right? Yeah. Not, not even just that, like, bro, your coach through your coach and longtime friend through the fucking chair at an executive vice president of the company that you work for uh-huh. and potentially knocked him out and gave him a black eye. And he also tried to tackle another executive vice president and bit him. And you tried to swing at an executive vice president. It's not looking good. So let's try to look at this in a way that makes sense, right? They suspended Eddie Kingston for his little scuffle with Sammy Guevara, right? Mm -hmm. Eddie Kingston is, is definitely a tier, right? He's not the champ. He hasn't been in title contention. I don't think any time this year, but maybe he has, I don't remember. Um, but you just said you have CM Punk here, newly crowned champ again. Mm -hmm. Potentially the biggest draw of your company, you know, Mm -hmm. big time ticket mover, pay-per-view needle mover, you know, whenever CM Punk's on, ratings go up. Then you have the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega who were, who started the fucking company with Cody Rhodes and Hangman Adam Page. Mm Mm-hmm. Ace Steel is probably never going to come back. He'll probably never be allowed back. Right? I mean, the dude bit Kenny Omega and threw a fucking chair at Matt Jackson. (laughs) To his face. Oh, God. I mean... If this were an office... Oh, yeah. They freaking fired them immediately. And press charges. Oh, yeah. And now, I, I forgot to mention that, too. There's also pending legal... Um, charges now. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, uh, that, that's how you know it's not a freaking work. Yeah, yeah. So, you either, I think, if you're Tony Khan, you'd be like, you know what? Punk, this company was around before you, it'll be around after you. Mm-hmm. So, you either suspend him, and show everybody, like, hey, all this backstage bullshit drama, 
violence needs to stop now because I am suspending our biggest guy. And I'll suspend him without pay. And he'll be out as long as I say he's out. Because, I mean, I will, like their best option, if they do want to keep him, would be, for one, to suspend them. But also, like you said, keep Ape Steel from ever coming back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that, that would show, you know, they're being fucking dead serious about it. Yeah. Or, I mean, fuck, the Young Bucks could just uh, put restraining orders on him. Or and, Kenny Omega could. Or just and never have them come back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, too, you need to set a precedent. Right, because there's been a lot of backstage issues with AEW. The honeymoon phase is done and over with, and now you're getting stars who are outgrowing their boots, mm-hmm. you know, and getting a little bit bigger. You know, egos aren't um, fitting in the ring. You know what I mean? The locker room's not big enough for the both of us. Type thing. Yeah. But the thing is, they definitely have to put their foot down because they don't want to happen. Uh, with like what happened with WWE, remember when all their stars would like really fuck each other up and oh like, yeah backstage yeah and like shit was just going down yeah and they had to do a wrestlers court mm-hmm. yeah which that's not a good uh, answer either no. Res- wrestlers court was like a, a frat frat court you know Undertaker um, has a lot to do with um, hazing and. Allowing a lot of like violence mm-hmm. to go on. Everyone sees Undertaker for what he is in the ring. Cool, I get it. You know, but he has a big role in a lot of the dark shit that went on in WWE backstage. Yeah. Um. So, like, you know, you just don't want that to happen. You also don't want talent to not want to come to work because yeah. AEW is also one of those companies that's like, you want a mic, you can get a mic. You know, we're not WWE. We're not going to tell you what you can and cannot say. If you want to do a promo, go fucking do a promo. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. You know? Um, but you got to have those ground rules set before that shit, though. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's that's the thing, too, right now, man. Like, with Vince gone, WWE doesn't seem like kind of a bad place to work at anymore. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe some of these guys who were really good friends with Triple H, when Triple H was in charge of NXT, where a lot of these guys came from, now he's back. He's like, hey. Hey, the things are looking good over there. Shit's hitting the fan over here. Let me go over there real quick. Yeah. A lot of this, bro, and unfortunately reminds me of um, a lot of the the bad stuff that happened in WCW's run. Like Hulk Hogan would be like your modern day CM Punk. You know, and they would tell Hulk, Hey, we need you. You today. You're gonna drop the belt to so and so. No, that's not gonna work for me, brother. I'm not gonna do that. Or I just, I, or he wouldn't show or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of egos. You know, like WCW signed a lot of big WWE guys, and it was really cool and really great. You know that, like that's how the NWO formed. It Razor Ramon and Diesel coming over from WWE. Oh wow! And um. They were the outsiders, and then Hulk Hogan joined them, and they became the New World Order. And then Macho Man joined them, and then Lex Luger came from WWE, and all these other ex-WWE guys who were, like, on their way, like, on the older side of wrestling, you know, so. See, this this is a point in in AEW's, you know, like, career path in general, whatever you want to call it, where they, you know, 
they can either make it just a growing pain and they yeah. fix it and then they fucking become even bigger than before or they fuck it up and everything goes downhill from there. Yeah. It's man, it it's yeah. Cuz I mean when when you become that big and that popular within this short amount of time, right. Shit's going to happen. Oh yeah. Especially when you have such big names coming over from WWE. Yeah. That you know, they've already had, you know, shit happen in WWE. Right. So, that, you know, with all they, they've experienced before and how long they've been in the business. Yeah. Shit's, it's going to get crazy. Yeah, I just, I'm not like, I'm not pressing the panic button just yet. Mm-hmm. I give it one more backstage incident. And then I'm going to press it. But this shit's got me a little worried for my favorite wrestling promotion right now. Yeah. Because there's a lot of really good, talented, professional wrestlers in this company. Oh, yeah. Um, I do think it was kind of telling when Cody Rhodes left and went back to WWE. Oh. Where I was like, ah, Something's what? Thumbs up. Yeah, because... He was the one that took the bet and started, um, or and that put on the all-in pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. You know, I told you about that, right? Yeah, yeah. And he was like the face of AEW, mm-hmm. and now he's he's out with the torn pec in WWE, but he's back with WWE, a company that he like trashed when he was the AEW. So I don't know, man. Like. That locker room has a lot of seasoned veterans that I think really need to step up that aren't involved in a lot of this drama and put on the leadership pants. Basically tell people to, you know, chill the fuck out. Yeah, I think Jericho would be one, you know, and I think um, uh, Danielson would be another one. You know, maybe Cesaro. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, I mean, like, even Mark Henry, he's like a ring announcer now or, you know, a commentator. I think he needs to step up in there, too. Big Show's also over there. You know, I think especially them, um, especially Big Show, because Big Show started in WCW oh. and then went to WWE. Uh, what about Keith Lee? Because Keith Lee's been in WWE, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, he could probably step up, too. I just need to see someone take the reins and like be the true face again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, they need like, they just need leadership. I think everyone back there backstage is unfortunately I, when I think of the backstage at AEW, I think it's all seg- segregated and everyone's kind of, they want to do their own thing. Yeah. 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 So we'll see, man. I don't know. Something's got to give. And, I mean, we'll find out tomorrow. I'm t- Dynamite tomorrow is going to be popping in the ratings. Guarantee you that. Because everyone's going to want to know what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully, you know, they just make the right decisions and, you know, put their foot down. I mean, bro, like one thing, too, that could happen Say they don't get rid of Punk or don't reprimand Punk. 
People are going to leave. Bucks could walk. Kenny could walk. Kenny's giant fucking star in New Japan. He could go back. Yeah. Bucks could go back to uh, New Japan. Yeah, dude. If I was an up-and-comer, I would be like, I would probably feel like I have to walk on eggshells in that environment right now. Yeah. Backstage. Mm-hmm. You know? So we'll see, man. So anyways, this has been uh, the N-Squared Podcast All Out Edition. Um, you can find me on Instagram at nerdynick ninety one or nerdy nick underscore 91 and on youtube under the same name and you can also find me on twitter at buff nerd you can find josh deep in the sauce on ifunny yeah uh, you i'm so deep you won't be able to find me <laughs> he's swimming in it he's fucking diving in it snorkeling that shit <laughs> yeah we thank you guys very much for listening as always um please feel free to like share Subscribe if you haven't yet, because it's free. You can find us on all the media platforms, uh, podcast platforms. And um, I just want to say again, if you haven't already, make sure to um, at least share my friend Daniel's um, fundraiser, because he and he and his family uh, really needed the help. As always, guys, I've been Nick. This has been Josh. And you'll find us next time on the N Squared Podcast. Later. Bye.